This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Star Trek Discovery, and the Orville. Special edition I fanboy show on Star Trek Discovery and the Orville. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And we brought a guest this week, Mike Romo's joining us to talk about the shows. Hello, Mike. Hi guys. Very we need to, we need to Very bring excited. in a ring we needed to bring in a ringer, a Star Trek ringer. A ringer, oh. It's the Star Trek Brain Trust. Don't get yeah. me started. <laughs> Star Trek Brain Trust. I'm wearing Star Trek underwear. I'm wearing my science officers uh, boxers today. I was just gonna say, are you job. are you wearing your uniform? Okay, here, quick question. Raise your hand if you had a Star Trek replica uniform at any point in your life growing up. I did. I. 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 Uh, I, um, I, I had. I, I had. I, I had the. I had the beige commander uh, uniform top. Like when I was like eleven. I had that too. I had a, yeah. I had a Kirk shirt. Yep, yeah, I had a Kirk I, uh, shirt. <laughs> we, I grew up in a small house. With <laughs> just enough electricity to watch Star Trek at six p.m. But you have a uniform now. Ah, uh, you right. I do. I do. I have. I have a top. I do. I play uh, party on Riker uh, in Halloween. 
Oh, so and, you've got uh, a next generation top. Okay, interesting. Hey, well, and I mean, I've got a Star Trek bathrobe that for for later on in the evening. That's sure. a classic TOS bathrobe. Um, the only original series uh, piece of garment that I would ever really want to wear is Captain Kirk's sort of disco stew outfit with the the, the, the green ca- the green casual uh, yeah with the, with, the, with the belt along his belly <laughs> yeah that has a, lots of chest hair that's basically yep. I mean it's so hot it's so hot in my office I'm actually my shirt is unbuttoned just like that <laughs> I'm really in character right now I'm glad no one can see that um, right. great let's let's uh. But we're all we're all, talk, we all love Star Trek. I mean, people, longtime listeners will know we've we've talked about Star Trek before. We've talked about all the fil- the new films, and Ron and I are are big fans of, and Mike is as well, big fans of Star Trek. Yeah. Star Star Trek is one of the one of the backbones of my science fiction fantasy nerddom history. You know, I mean, like it as as much as I love comics, as much as I love the X Men, as much as I love Star Wars, Star Trek has always been right there. At the same level, you know. So every time there's something new for Star Trek, I I, I, I have to raise a Nimoyan esque eyebrow to it. And so. and, and my, as I, I think I've said before, the three men that matter most in my life are Indiana Jones, Han Solo, and Captain Kirk. So, wow. and Picard, Picard basically too. But and I mean, this is not a Harrison Ford podcast, but obviously he's weighted. But Shatner is is truly a point of view that I respect. So, most, of the, Kirk, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, let's just say Kirk. We'll just leave it yeah, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, Kirk. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's important to note that I speaking for Ron and I, while I may be speaking out of turn, Ron, you tell me we're big Star Trek fans. It doesn't mean we're huge Star Trek nerds. And I think there's a distinction Correct. between the two. Yep. Yes, Whereas I think absolutely. I think Mike falls more on the nerd side. I am yeah. a Star Trek geek. Um right. the nerd stuff. I mean, I will bring up I'm gonna bring up some nerd stuff in this podcast. And that I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer for it, but I I feel like we have some good points to discuss from the nerd point of view. I might even get dorky. You never right. know. So that's good. Well, as ex- as expected. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler warning: We're gonna talk about the first two episodes of Star Trek Beyond. No Discovery. No, no. Discovery. Did it. I keep did calling it, it Beyond. Uh, Star Trek Discovery that that premiered on CBS All Access. But before we get to that, we wanted to talk about the Orville, which is a new Fox series. Which I'm surprised, which is three episodes have come out, and I'm surprised so far no lawsuits from Paramount oh or my CBS, because it's basically oh my, no. exactly Star Trek. It's, it's a Star Trek show. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah. more than that. The, okay, can we just talk a little bit about that and then go into the plots? Because the, the opening sequence is basically a mashup of Next Generation... Uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I mean, it, yep. to to the extent that it, and instead of the asteroid slowly tumbling toward the Deep Space Nine space station, it's the same one, and the Orville just goes around it. I yep. mean, and some of the music cues, it's like they just take seven of the eight bars of music, or whatever, however you express it, and you actually start. Get, I actually find it a little bit distracting how much of a, of Next Generation Deep Space Nine Voyager. This show really makes it feel, but then I ca- it's so comfortable. I kind of like it. Well, yeah. That, I, as I started watching the or- once the Orville when the when the trailer came out for it when it got announced, I, I we laughed. Connor, I know we talked yeah. about it, we laughed, and I was like, "How are they doing this?" Right? <laughs> and it really seems as if like Seth MacFarlane was like, "I want to do Star Trek," and Fox yeah. was like, "Okay." And so, and, and, it's, but, and it's important to note that it's he did, he said he wanted to do Star Trek, not Galaxy Quest. Right, because right. this is much more serious and more um, earnest than I and, thought the show was going to be, at least from the that, pilot. That's the thing is that like so going into it, I'm thinking Seth MacFarlane, Family Guy, all this kind of satires, Ted, all this sort of satire stuff, and then sat down and watched the first three episodes, and I think it was my girlfriend who was like, was like, is there going to be a lesson in every episode? Dude, and, and and I yeah. just laughed, and I just laughed. I'm like, it's more Star Trek than parody. Like it, it like it's, no, it's it's straight. I think it's I think it's straight on the road. I mean, Seth, Seth MacFarlane's a big Star Trek fan, yeah. And he, he, I believe, in the pre-press for the series, he said he basically wanted to do a non-dystopian uh, sci-fi show, which is sort of a knock at the at the current incarnation of Star Trek. But sure. this this feels squarely. In the in that next generation lane, and someone uh, in our office who also watched it uh, before we had seen the third one, so I said you should really watch the third one before you do the show because that yeah. one feels like they took a next generation script and just shot it. And it the third well, one, and I that, think, and that most was directed all, by Brendan Braga, uh, the producer of many of the Star Treks, and um, that one felt probably, most of all like a 
like a true Star Trek episode. I was shocked well, by the third one. I felt it was the one. It, in fact, it was more modern than uh, it was very much a very modern Star Trek episode because, um, you know, it did not in any it wouldn't have ended like it did in right. Next yeah. Generation. Um, and I thought I was actually really impressed. I felt like the pilot, I couldn't figure out what the tone was going to be because there kept being these sort of family guy quips and sort of these uh, non sequiturs. Um, I loved the line, will I be able to have a soda on my controls? Right. You know, like there were these little things. I'm like, well, it's but but then they were playing it so straight ahead. So but not unlike when you launch a ship into the from the birth into the water it goes rush and really finds itself and then it slowly finds its balance and i think over the first three episodes really 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 understand what the show is actually all about it's not sort of this pratfall goofy uh starship show it's it's a next generation for today yeah i like it i was sort of surprised yeah. for how much i like it and i think it's it's not perfect it's got some problems i think uh Lieutenant Commander Bortus, who is the, uh, not Bortus, he's cool. Uh, Lamar, who is the navigator, still doesn't yeah. really have a personality. I don't know why we need a navigator and a pilot. Um, and that's just, that's well, just, they're two, because they're two people that sit at the front of the bridge. I mean, I know, but what, well, usually one of those is like <laughs> the, the weapons officer, but it doesn't matter. No, no, matter. no. The weapons officer sits off to the, the other side. Yeah, yeah. It just seems weird that the, the driver. In Star Trek, Connor, in Star Trek, you, Sulu was the pilot, Chekhov was the navigator. And it just, it's just odd to me. Huh. Anyway, well, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of personality, but, but they're starting to get fleshed out. I really like yeah. the, the Bordas episode with the, with the kid and, and the sex change. That was a, I mean, that one actually, it's a cliche to say, it really made me think. I, I, did, like, I was like, wow, this is really, really exploring some deep issues about gender identity here, um, which I did not expect from the Seth MacFarlane uh, Star Trek show. Well, let's take a step back and just, I mean, I guess what was really interesting for me is like, Fox is clearly putting a ton of money into this show. Like um, when I was watching the pilot, they had a lot of people on screen. They had, you know, all these ship models. They have lots of, you know, legitimate special effects. And I was just, I, I was like, okay, well, I, I'm glad they're putting it into it. It wasn't until episode three going, oh man, I'm worried that it's on Fox because typically these shows need to have a season or two to really find themselves. And I don't now I'm in the position of like, I just don't want it to get canceled right. because I'm kind of excited to see not it not only succeed in its storytelling, but also fail. And I'm not sure if the network has the appetite for that kind of conversation with the fans. Well, that's Fox's notorious uh, uh, reputation with fandom, right? It's that always all the fandom shows always go quickly, but you yeah. would hope that Seth MacFarlane, who is a, as much of a 300-pound gorilla in the TV world as any uh, has the clout to at least get a to get some breathing room. I mean, it had really good ratings the first two episodes when it was on after football. When it was moved to its regular slot, uh, the ratings predictably collapsed. But um, I just think it's really fun, and I, I enjoy the meta-ness of watching it and going, how are they, how are yeah. they doing this? They had a holodeck. And, I mean, the, yeah. the set is the well, same. They've got a robot like Data, which they're not really exploring... I thought the joke that he was a he was like a racist robot who thought humans were awful <laughs> was funny, but then it's like been never really come up again in through in the three yeah. episodes. Well, and, and like like what's funny is that like there's a lot of the Fortis character is clearly the you know the Worf esque yeah. Klingon character. You've got the the young girl you know who's strong. I forget her name, but she's got kind of Alara. like the yeah she's kind of got the thing like the Deep Space Nine women yeah. with the nose. You know, like Mike can correct me, right? And the yeah. robot is clearly supposed to be like data, right? But then, like, they just, and they've got a holodeck and they've got the ship and it's got, a, you know, like a warp drive and all this sort of stuff. And they stop just short. They don't have teleporters. Right. Right. Oh, right. Man, and it's everything, is, everything is all shuttle based transport, which I love, which is great. You're like, oh, yeah, they don't have transporters. It's not Star Trek. Like, that's their <laughs> argument to, to Paramount when they get sued. It's like, no, we don't have transporters. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still amazed at, um, just watching the the cast find each other themselves, like I was really impressed with the casting. Um, I didn't know that Adrian Palicki could sort of she's she's doing a different kind of character than she normally does, or at least what I've seen in in Shield. And I'm warming up to Seth 
as a leading man. At first, I, I was just—I—I yeah, I, I just I was wasn't surprised. Sure. I was surprised at how much I—I I have no opinion of him. Like, I don't watch Family yeah. Guy. I've never seen Ted. I know a lot of—I know he's someone who you know, like, has a, people have a lot of strong opinions about and things like that. I have no like blank slate with the guy, right? And I found his delivery and like his approach as the captain and the character, like everything about like I have no like totally good, totally good. Um, yep. My only complaint is that the. The pre- the whole premise of the show is that he's a you know he's been a down on his luck officer who gets a ship commission and his ex wife has made his first his first officer and that you know hilarity ensues and after watching three episodes I was like all right I'm tired of that relationship already you know like the going yeah. back to it all the time and like you you either need to accept it and move on or give them a will they won't they which they kind of touched upon in the in the third episode or no, in right. the second episode but not but but i don't know i just found myself i'm like all right i get that's a point of conflict but i'm already tired of it i i feel like that was almost made for the pilot and then they sort of been retreating from it a bit um because they they were actually very sort of tender with each other at the end of the third episode yeah so i don't know how long that sort of tension is going to last but i actually really i thought the second episode was I, I love the third episode. I, it, it made me think. I think the second episode made me laugh a lot. Um, I just, I mean, I frankly, I would be using that replicator to make pop brownies and tequila uh, shots all the time. Well, it's it's it's, 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 that, it's that, it's that question is like, what what if we lived in the Star Trek world? Yeah, you right. know, like yeah, and so and 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 Star Trek never said you know replicator, you know, can, cannabis edible, you know, <laughs> they make some brownie, right? But yeah, exactly. And also that this is very heavily pop cultured, right? So yeah. Captain Mercer has yeah. a Kermit the Frog on his desk, and they watch Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer on in the third episode, yeah. and that's something that, that never really happened much until the JJ Star Trek with you know the, with uh, these people. Acknowledge culture, yeah. But I like that, it. you know. It's like they're they're supposed to be in Earth's future, so it makes sense that they they have some <laughs> sense of Earth's past and. Uh, I'm just I'm more into the show than I thought I'd be. Yeah, yeah. I do have to admit I do appreciate what's his face Scott Grimes playing the same character he played on both Party of Five and ER, but now as a space pilot, and that's totally fine. That's funny. He's great. I think it's it's really (laughs) interesting is that I realized how much of Star Trek has been okay. We have this big bad that uh, we have. There's a lot of military. There's a lot of fighting. It's a lot more missions. A lot more adventure. Um, And this really at least with the third episode and even a little bit of the second episode, they're talking more about concepts and things that actually make you think. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I actually haven't seen a star Trek like this. I certainly, certainly hasn't been the movies, right? The, everything else has been very plot driven. This one, they're really going, Hey, let's, let's, let's check out this kind of issue. And I realized that there, you know, Voyager kind of dropped that and enterprise tried to do that at first, but then had to turn into a very militaristic show. Um, Deep Space Nine ended completely with you know big big stories, but it was it was a military conflict. Um, so it's kind of nice to take a step back and and go out and do so far more discovering than Star Trek Discovery. And that might be a good segue leading into Star Trek Discovery. Leading I mean, you're, you're not supposed to actually middle. call out the segue. You're supposed yeah. to you're supposed to drift naturally <laughs> into it. Is uh, are there any more thoughts on the Orville? Are we going to move on? To- I mean, I mean, overall thumbs up. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was a. I was expecting more parody comedy stuff, and I was sure. kind of kind of surprised to find like the third episode. I don't think I laughed out loud once, yeah. or if I did, it was maybe a chuckle, right? But um, but yeah, I'm total, I'm totally on board. This is like this is this is you know fun you know sci-fi porn for for us so i'm, cool I'm, I'm suddenly no, very vulnerable with it I, i'm like because i was really okay impress me now i'm like oh please don't cancel this yeah because i yeah. just i just want to keep watching it and I'm, and I'm excited about that i don't love the way the spaceship looks but then again i'm actually happy that i get to complain about that because it means that i have some sort of nerd vested interest in the universe that i didn't think i would have yeah, yeah i think it's going to be a different kind of star trek than yeah. Then what we're going to get with Discovery and what we've gotten with the movies, and as you said, everything's been very militaristic. If you go back and catch a random episode of Next Generation, odds yeah. are it's not going to involve any fighting of any kind. It's going to involve this, some this, sort of fucking yeah. Th- this show definitely this show definitely scratches an itch that I forgot I had. Yeah, for sure. Which there, there's your there's your out quote. Scratches an itch I forgot I had. Ron Richards, my <laughs> fanboy. So we have Star Trek Discovery, which premiered on broadcast television on this past Sunday. CBS aired it, and then the second episode was immediately made available on CBS All Access, which is good because basically it was a two-hour episode. 
Yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't really two episodes. If I felt like it was more like it was, it was a movie prelude. It was a pre, it was yeah. a movie sh- that was a prelude to a series, which is it was a two-hour episode. Probably my primary complaint, um, and we'll get into. But since you mentioned it, is that where the show is going to go is not where the show is at the end. So I don't know what. Yes. To expect. I still don't know what to expect from Star Trek Discovery because throughout the course of these first two hours. You know the ship you're the ship you're in the ca- the crew you're with the ship's gone a lot of the crew's dead, and it's going to start all over with the third episode. So I don't feel like I even know what Star Trek Discovery is because I don't know what it is because we haven't yeah, there yet. Here's here's my thing about here's my thing about this. Um, I've been Connor. We've talked about yeah. this. I'm always excited for new Star Trek, right? Yeah. New Star Trek show, fantastic. Whatever. When Star Trek Enterprise came out, Scott Bakula, awesome. I don't think I lasted that first season. I didn't either. I lasted four. Yeah, I ba- I bailed out early. Right. I watched yeah. the whole thing. I was very ex- <laughs> I was very excited for this. Brian Fuller, I think, is a great you know vision you know and all this sort of stuff. But then he left the show, and we read all about that. I thought some of the casting was great. I liked the new costumes. Right. I liked the look of it. I liked the look of the ship. All this sort of stuff. And going into this, I really struggled a lot. And I don't know if it's because it's that movie, two-hour movie approach, like you said, that what what they presented is in the show that we're going to get. And I don't know where wh- you know what where we're at. I kind of like that. I like that it zigged when it zagged, but it, it zagged where we thought it would zig or whatnot. Right. Um, but I, I, I like for some reason somewhere along the lines, I, I forget what movie it was, but they they everyone working on Star Trek really fell in love with blowing up the ships. Oh god. And and what and what I loved and what I loved about Star Trek was the ship never got blown up. Yes. Right? And and this and this first two hour episode had so many ships getting blown up. Admittedly, <laughs> it's cool. Don't get me wrong, it's cool, but like I'm like, just let me let me stay on a ship and I get that we're, we're the discovery is the ship and we haven't even started with that and it's a whole different crew. My only other thought was uh, do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, all the hubbub about uh, Paramount getting into a lawsuit with the fans over oh, the Klingon? Oh, oh, la- the, oh, the, oh, the Klingon. The Kli- Klingon. Uh, the Kli- yeah, the, Kli- the Klingon language. Uh, uh, basically, basically, Paramount attempted to copyright the Klingon language, and the people ma- the people making those fan movies and all this sort of stuff revolted, saying you can't copyright a language and all back and forth. And ultimately, they came to a settlement where they, you know, they they got into an agreement that Paramount lets the fan movies use the Klingon language and all this. Anyway. Um, I felt as if this two-hour movie was a justification of all the legal bills related to the Klingon language. <laughs> because, holy shit, there was at least 25 minutes in just Klingon. It was worse than the, the Star Wars holiday special with the Wookiees. It was like watching Narcos. Not only was it all in Klingon, but for some reason they used the serif font as the subtitle. That was weird. That was weird. So, in addition to the, the blowing up the ship thing, one of the things that irks me is that <laughs> Every time there's a new thing, there's this, the Klingons get totally redesigned and redone. Oh yeah, um, and so then for, we have another version of the Klingons. They look different, and I'll, I think okay. maybe I think maybe that's so angry because they're wearing the most uncomfortable clothes in the entire galaxy. It's hard. I, I miss these sort of charming, menacing Klingons from the original series movies. You know, your Christopher Plummers, right? Yeah. As opposed yep. to like this sort of just these guys that stand stiffly and bark. And there's no, yeah. there's no. I don't want to say sex appeal, but there's no. Menace to them, they just right. seem like henchmen. And you're also you're, okay. Well, let's let's talk about a little bit about yeah. this. Yeah. Um, also, so, also, this in no way takes place in the prime universe. Okay. In, in no there way. You go. That, that's that's that was that's my other how, question. That's yes, how you yeah. kick this off. So, <laughs> that's how you kick this off. Okay, go. Mike. Technically, we're we're being told by these people that this takes place in the prime universe not the uh the the jj abrams universe the the what the kill the kelvin universe yeah and we're supposed to also accept that this is somehow before the original series 10 years two points by the way that are doing nobody any good whatsoever if and if anything are distracting from the good stuff that the show is doing because you're constantly distracted by the fact and also uh, by the fact that if you look at the chronology, this episode takes place during the time that Commander Pike were in their own Enterprise. It's the same timeline. It's that that episode, The Cage, happened ten years before the original ser- series started. So we're supposed to believe somehow that C- Christopher Pike's ship and Spock 
are potentially able just to pull up alongside the Discovery and say, hey, wh- when did you get that chip? Right. And, and what's like, with this, like, hang on a second, <laughs> hang on, wait, before we continue, Mike, you are a fucking nerd. I love it. Good job. <laughs> it really bothered me last night because yes, when I saw the hologram yes. take a seat yep. on uh, uh, Michael's desk and going, whoa, 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 they don't even do that shit in Star Wars, right? <laughs> you're ask, and you're asking me to believe that 10 years later we go from walking, talking holograms that actually turn in space to look at the other person in the room, which which no one does, that, to go to the original series little little uh, touchscreen panel, little uh, screen on the deck. I agree with that 100%. Like, well, here's, hey, here's why, the problem. Why does that audience that way it doesn't matter this can totally take place after voyager it can absolutely take place after the movies there's no reason for this to take place before the original series the the people who make the shows feel the need to add you know like this is the problem with this is like this is the this is the oh my god so much this is why epcot is outdated is the moment that you make something in the future the next thing that comes on after it is outdated to it Right. And so, of course, they're making a show that, you know, they're not going to have dials in the numbers like it was in the original series, because now (laughs) we have the technology to do that and all that sort of stuff. Right. So I understand why they did it. I agree with you that they shouldn't have done that, though. Um, They also did it so they could have characters. They can have Sarek. They can have Harry Mudd's coming in so that they're they're, instead of I, I would argue that the audience that is watching this show doesn't need that. I I agree. I think it's wrong, too. No, but they're trying to draw you in. No, I'm already in. I paid six bucks or whatever. And, okay, a little bit of a parenthetical. I know that most of the people in the world get to watch this on Netflix or in Canada. Canada, you get to watch it on Space Network or whatever, Space TV. But here in the U.S., we have to watch this thing on the CBS All Access app. And I want to let you know that on the Apple TV, the CBS All Access app does not show this this amazing TV show in five-to-one surround sound. Nope. It shows it in two channel left and right. So all those hours and hours of sound design and all that work is being thrown out the window. And so we're getting something <laughs> that sounds not not nearly as good as the rest of the world gets it. And they're getting it. And we're paying extra for it for a less lesser quality product. I yeah. just need to put it out there. I think that's a real, real fumble by CBS. This is their biggest draw to the app. And you have a bunch of nerds like me going, well, why is it only two channel? I want to be in this ship. The Oroville's in five one. Why can't you do that? Yeah, this show is really exposing a lot of nerd nerdery. Um, a lot of Mike. A lot of Mike's nerdery. So, but uh, all that being said, I like it. I like Connor. What you said about it. We're kind of. It's almost like a backdoor kind of way of backing into the story. I'm kind of liking that our point of view is fr- not from the captain. I kind of like the fact that what it looks like in the third episode, she's not even in Starfleet. And I've always really appreciated getting a chance to look at uh, the future, not necessarily within the confines of the Federation. So I appreciate that new take on this. Um, I kind of hope we don't see Discovery for maybe one or two more episodes. It builds the universe more fully for me. Um, but it's just it's just frustrating that I have to be distracted by touchscreens when we know that touchscreens don't exist Right, in the well, ship I'm, that's across the quadrant. I'm I'm go I'm going to devil's advocate and argue Mike that that, that that's part of the the who cares go with it aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, you 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 know you're you know to it's 2017, they can do different stuff with TV shows than they could in 1967. So okay. so now we're going to get different stuff. I'm okay. I'm I'm explain I'm fine the with throwing that to the I'm fine with throwing that to the yes, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm fine with throwing that to the wind. I'm fine with that, <laughs> right? I, Connor, I'm more along the lines with you and Mike also with you with how does it line up in the timeline in that it is, you know, with the Spock being on Enterprise and is Sarek younger, you know, like the, Sarek has Michael, at the you know, the woman who was on The Walking Dead as his ward. You know, right. do you get any reference to them, you know, Spock being there? Is, 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 is you know, like it, I feel like they, they might have – fumbled the timeline aspect that much as far as the uniforms go every show always introduces a new uniform and i like these uniforms i like i, like, how the, I do like them i yeah. like how the sides reflect the communicator lid right with the 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 kind of the the grill pattern along the side i i like these uniforms i think they're fine i'm not saying they're bad uniforms. i'm just saying if it takes place in the same timeline as the original series and as we just established it takes place yeah. directly aside, next to the pilot of the original series 
then they should yeah. be wearing the same goddamn uniforms as the original series. <laughs> hey, hang on. Did you have you ever seen the original Christopher Pike pilot uniforms? Yes. Yeah. If they, they, of course, they're not going to wear those. Those look awful. It doesn't matter. Rob. They established they're in that timeline. They have to wear them. Otherwise, it doesn't I, make I, any sense. Yeah. Now, we used to have this conversation all the time when it came to comics, right? <laughs> Don't Nerds. worry about the continuity. Enjoy right. the story. The thing about Star Trek, you know, uh, apparently all of the novels, the paperback novels that have happened for Star Trek, they're all in canon. They're all part of a continuous continuity. Uh-huh. One of the aspects of Star Trek, for better or ill, is that it's part of an ongoing legacy where you could watch it with a friend and go, oh, there, that's a callback to this, and this mattered here, and this they're wrapping up that story here, they're acknowledging that character there. And that's kind of the fun of it. And I get th- throwing it out. I mean, I, no one wants to watch uh, these actors playing with little plastic uh, cards when talking to the computer. I totally get it. I, I guess my point of view is that there's not enough value in the story to have it happen before That's when right. you could have just as easily have been yeah. after Voyager. And it just seems it just seems like it just comes off as lazy. Like I agree just, with you. Like I like I don't expect them to have little you know, little squares that they plug in the computer. Yeah. Although those those did predict three and a half inch floppies. I will they say that. Totally I mean, did. And me the and my iPad. dad used to say that. Yeah, and the iPad. Yeah, but uh, or tablets, Mike. Let's not be total sheep. Sorry, um, sorry. But um, but like it would be nice to have the computer's voice be. Majel Barrett, like they did right. on Next Generation, you know, like you can you She's can toe the line between the difference between 1966 and 1990, 1988 and 1995 and 2017 by having little touches throughout all the stuff to 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 remember the legacy. But as long as the spirit of the show and as yeah. long as the the nature of the stories reflect the Roddenberry vision of Star uh-huh. Trek, then I'm totally fine with it. Well, okay, right okay, now, okay. right, it doesn't, right well, I was gonna say right now from what I saw. The Orville is way more of a Roddenberry Star yes. Trek show than, than yes. Discovery. Well, I just want to put one more pin into the final discussion about the timeline before we get to that, because I, I do think you're right. I think they should have taken had the guts to do what they did with The Next Generation and just set it in the future. It would have solved all their problems. It's not like they're going to be backfilling the story anywhere else. You know, It's not right. like they go, oh, shit, we're going to contradict something. It's all it's done. The, the original yeah. timeline is done. They're not going to do any more movies. Yeah. It's not like you've got to contradict anything. Just set it 100 years past, or, you know, past Next Generation. It's over. And frankly, guys, you don't even need to change the story that much. No. There could easily be sex of the Klingon race and the society yeah. that don't want to be yeah. in the Federation anymore. Hell, I could, and they're gathering all their sex and they're rebelling against the Federation. I think that's a much more exciting story where the Klingons are like, you know what? We want out. We're becoming weak. The most dangerous word should be, you know, attack, not we come in peace. That's a whole new story. It brings the whole canon up to date, and we can go on without having these kinds of distractions. Or 20 minutes of just Klingons talking to each other in, <laughs> in, in, in serif font. So, oh, so one, of, one of the main complaints, and I did overall like it. I didn't love it, certainly. I, and I, I didn't actually watch any of the previews, so I don't know what's coming. Um, yeah. Next oh, well, yeah. It doesn't really matter. I don't care. I just, I just didn't watch it, so I don't know what to expect. But one of the things I was discussing, and I, don't, I really, really don't like the Lieutenant Saru character, who's played by Doug Jones. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard for me to say anything distinctively because it's, all of this is now over. I mean, he's going to be in the, in the next... He's still there. Oh, is but, he the one that, whose race is designed to be eaten? Yes. Yeah, but yeah, that, at least in these two episodes, and that's all I can speak to, it felt like they were trying to recreate in some way the Kirk... McCoy Spock dynamic in which Lieutenant Saru and, and Michael Burnham uh, were constantly arguing with each other, except yeah. these two were really arguing with each other. Whereas Spock and McCoy were sort of more bickering; it was more of a philosophical debate. This was like they were elbowing each other off of screens and they were en- undermining each other, and it was just like this would this is totally against the Star Trek ethos. It, in fact, that was a lot of the problems they had later on when they wanted to add more conflict, with, and Roddenberry wouldn't allow it. But like. This is like taking it to the nth degree. They were arguing and knocking each other over. I read somewhere that they wanted to show a less harmonious federation. And again, maybe in the future, there's more stressors on yeah. the organization and things are happening and there's more distrust. Not unlike, it could be a, a, like, not unlike today, right? Um, and then it would be a little bit more relevant. There, there had to have been some sort of roadblock by Paramount and the movies that forced them. Because if, if you told me this took place in the Abrams universe, I'd be like, yep, that makes perfect sense. This is yep. great. Yeah. 
even yeah, as a prequel, the, even the, as a fucking the, prequel. The, the distinction to make this in the Prime universe is a curious one yep. because, yeah. and maybe, and it maybe you're right. Maybe this is sort of fence or roadblock. I think the reason why they couldn't have just done a parallel to the Enterprise is because they would want to update the costumes, and then it looks too much like Abrams, and it's confusing. They needed to differentiate themselves. You know, I don't know why. The it took back to the the point earlier that that you made was that I don't know why there's a fear amongst Paramount to to go forward in Star Trek, well, you know, with Enterprise and now with this we've got to go backwards and yep. I, I you know just go forwards go give it us give us the chapter after Voyager I'm we're ready for it like I think well, fans I, have been dying for that so. isn't that the whole tension between CBS and Viacom and Paramount and uh, maybe and and. I don't know, maybe somebody else, but it seems like Paramount wants to own the movie, the movie conversation, and CBS can and is able to own the pre-movie stuff on TV, and they're just really trying to build a wall between the two. I think the the shows suffer a bit from it, and it's frustrating for the fans because I think Star Trek is really about what is what we have as a potential for the future. And by putting it in the past, we already know the limitations. We already know what's going to happen. Um, it just, it is a, a little distracting. And I, I guess one thing I, I did, I forgot to mention is that Star Trek should be for everyone. Like, I think the whole idea of having it behind this paywall, um, really, I think Roddenberry it would be sp spinning in his grave, frankly. I, I wish this was on a CW or somewhere else where it could just have a life of its own, where anybody could see it. You didn't need to have a tablet or some weird set-top box. You could just well, go that's, watch. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I mean, Ron, I mean, Roddenberry would have been rolling over in his grave back during Deep Space that's Nine. True. I think. That's true. But, that's true. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, this sounds great. You would want to say that. Joe. That the Orville felt more like Star Trek than this feels like Star right. Trek. So I, yeah, it, no, no, I say the Orville felt more Roddenberry-esque yes, okay. than, than yeah. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I don't know what Star Trek is anymore these days. Well, Star Trek has been, for the past few years, uh, militaristic in tone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Each of the, the movies had, yeah. had a big bad. Yeah. Um, Which I made sense when they were doing it in, in the 80s with the original series when, there was a, when it was an allegory to the Soviet Union and the Cold War. And then that ended. Yeah. And then yeah. they brought the Borg in, and it became that became the thing, and it just. Hey man, what what's the original pitch for Star Trek? Uh, uh, well, uh, wagon train in the stars. Wagon train to the stars. Connor's got it. Wagon train to the stars. Give me okay. that. Yeah. Well, and ironically, that that you do have that in the shape of Orville. Yeah. I mean, clearly, what they're doing. I I love that they're. It was so Star Trek that first that first that third the number third ep three episode the first yeah. part of it where they're splitting the asteroid in two so it doesn't blow up that. Uh, yeah. That planet. That is a perfect Star Trek opener. Yeah. They're doing something good. Well, which 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 this started with. They were they were helping this planet who who's didn't have water, and they were and then it started right. with that feeling, and then it just it it went it went deep into this Klingon. And so I guess the one of the things you should know at the end of a of an episode, let alone the second episode, is what this show is about. And right. I don't know what this show is about. Is it about the war with the Klingons? I assume it's going to be, but. I don't know for sure because, again, they blew up the whole status quo at the end of the second episode. So I don't even know what – someone says, what is Star Trek Discovery about? I, 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 I wouldn't be able to tell them what it's I, about. I don't know I don't either, like but, I wa but I watched the preview of like this season on Star Trek Discovery, and I think the fact that they made Michael a, like, a prisoner who gets yep. – you know, like she, she gets, you know, she gets uh, prosecuted for a mutiny and then, and, right. then, uh, and then gets kind of pulled onto the Star Trek Discovery by the captain for whatever reason, I think that, that's compelling. But I'll tell yes. you – that captain, sure. I'm I'm curious about this guy. Jason yeah, Isaac. You know sure. I mean? Yeah, he he seemed you know he seems like a good captain role, and and so like I'm 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 my curiosity is peaked with it. I'm not immediately sold, but I'm gonna I'm willing to give it a, a, a continuing shot. That's what's so interesting about it because what we had was the Star Trek Shenju or however you pronounce yeah, the ship, and, and that yeah. was that was the pre prelude uh, movie. To Star Trek Discovery, the series, and it was almost like almost like the Battlestar Galactica movie that kicked very off the, much the show. So. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And it would have been, I think, and it would have been more successful if it would just had been a two-hour movie, and it would have yeah. been more honest and as a way of like go, you know, see what Discovery's really like on on the online platform. Um, I think this show right now, it's it's all about Michael. It's her story. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really it's not the story of the ship yet. Um, I don't which, think I've ever which, seen such attention paid to a single character uh, on a, on a Star Trek. You only was see that happen once in a while with Picard, right? Because yeah. he was, like, but most of the time, uh, it's been an ensemble, right? Yes, exactly right. 
Yeah, I, I can't even comment on that because we don't know the, the new ensembles on, on yet unrevealed to us. But I just think exactly right. I think she is interesting. However, I think it's really problematic to have a character who is now Spock's somewhat sort of half sister character. Yeah, uh, that's and weird. yet it's I, never I, been mentioned in the history of Star Trek that he has he has this you know yeah. so adopted right. sister. Again, they just they caused all these problems for themselves. They didn't need but, to. But cause and it would have it would have given him more insight into humanity to have been raised with a half sister with a, who Not was a human. Sister, but like adopted. I mean, a full, sister. Yeah, that's like it, just having an adopted sister that was human. Like, it, what, what, I'm very interested because there has to be a value that comes out of that relationship. Otherwise, it's just it's just yeah. doesn't matter. And, and, and now, now the thing any, is, we, yeah. we don't know that's not going to happen. You we know, know what I mean? That's like what we, 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 we saw the prelude movie. We haven't seen anything. Who knows what right. they have in store? Um, I think she – I forget the actress's name, but I, I, I liked her on The Walking Dead. I think she's fantastic. I think, I thought she, Green. I, she's good. I thought she was great in the in in the first two. I mean, like I thought, you know, like it, you know, I thought they the way they balanced her upbringing gave us the backstory on her story on all the stuff and and fueling her, you know, the choices she made in it to do what she did and all that sort of stuff. I thought, you know, the scene of her in the jetpack was cool. You know, like oh, I yeah. there were mo- moments in this where I'm like, all right, cool, I could see this, but you know, but but again, you know. What we saw was not what the series will be, and so a lot of open questions. I, I think she deserves a lot of praise for really being a human that was raised on Vulcan. I mean, she had yeah. the the tonal. It was fun to watch the way she attacked, a, a, a grappled with a concept, with a problem, with the with the situation, and struggle between sort of this training in logic and then being able to acknowledge your humanity as well. I thought she really did that quite elegantly. And yeah. while I mean, I I mean, I there were lots of times. When I rolled my eyes during the dialogue, uh, especially at the the very beginning, so much exposition. It was real rough. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's but that's Star Trek. I know, but it doesn't. Ha- but it it doesn't. Ha- I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. But yeah, but it's I, not. It, that's, even, that's not and, unheard of. And even her arguing. But then you know, even her arguing with the the cell, the the the, the Briggs computer, I was like, okay, whatever. But then I'm like, but you know what? She did a great job. Oh, that scene uh, was really cool. That was, was like, cool. like like having having the ship get a whole shot in it, and and only like the the containment field keeping her That's safe. A good idea. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how have we not seen that yet? That was that that was very clever. I thought there yeah. there was a lot of really good moments in those first two hours. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, and and they left a, a you know, and maybe maybe it's good because it's asking a lot of questions and has got our you know our imagination kind of running with it. But I'm, Connor, I'm with you, and just kind of I'm a little nervous because I just don't know what to expect from here on out. I I just I I also just hope people watch it, and <laughs> well, you know I I just I mean you know I mean like a lot of people you know a lot of the oh, things my. I read online are just like <laughs> well I'm not going to pay for it. It's like well. Well, now that's what? A, but, that, but that's a whole other thing. I mean, that's... I no, mean, that's, but I mean, that's yeah, a big deal. Yeah. You go to Star Trek conventions and, like, it's supposed to be all of us come... I mean, I'm really exposing myself here, but if you do go to a Star Trek convention, <laughs> right, it's like you kind of have a shared vocabulary of all the shows. And now we're going to yeah. have some folks like, well, you know, I just refuse to pay for it. Or, or they're going to pirate it and then right. everybody's screwed. Right. Um, well, I, I mean, but that's a choice that CBS has made and the people who are into it can pay for it. I mean, I don't know. I was already a member of All Access. It wasn't a big, yeah, you I know, was a, leap, a leap for me. You know, like it's, it, I, I don't know. It's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a proponent of the, uh, I don't want to pay the cable company any more than I have to. And so I would much rather, you know, pay, you know, five ninety nine here and whatever there. Pay or, every network on TV five ninety nine. So then you're paying three no, times as much as you no, pay the cable no, company. No, no, no have, not for that. But you have to be able, you have to be able to bump into Star Trek as you're going through the channels and go. Oh great! I love this yeah. episode. That's yeah. that's Star Trek is an ongoing conversation. And it should be open to all. But it is. I don't just. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, I, it's not where it's at right now, and maybe they'll they'll share it with the rest of the world later. Um, I think it's really interesting. It's the first time that we've had two episodes of a show that we know nothing about. Really, all we have to Connor's point yeah. really is that we know the main character. We know the scared guy, um, and, and that's and that's it. That's that's really it. We don't we don't even we haven't even seen the ship, and and again and again and again. I've just got to say it. If the Klingons are attacking the Federation, you'd think you would see a Constellation class starship like the Enterprise come in because that's going to have the heavy weapons. But not none of that. I mean, why did they even distract me for? Why should I even be thinking of that? How nice would it have been to have just gotten one reference to like the Farragut, or like or, or, or any any other ship in the fleet? <laughs> it's coming. It would, it's much cooler if this is a show taking place in the future. Obviously, the technology is more advanced than any Star Trek technology we've seen. We've never seen fucking walking holograms. Is he walking, is he walking around in, in his office in the other yeah. ship? 
I, like, I, why, why would you even do that? You would you would never even do that in a regular science fiction story where the guy is turning around to look at somebody else. Is he on his? Did he have to stand up at his desk and he's guys, turning? Guys, your nerd, your nerd, your nerd like, badges are flying, man. They're absolutely <laughs> flying because these are all these are all self inflicted wounds. If they just take, if they said this is a show taking place in a future you've never even seen before, how cool would that be? Then you can go crazy with crazy with the technology, but that. But, but going crazy but you know how it is. Out. Someone goes, "What if we did it? What do we? What do we have this conversation be a hologram? Oh, that's awesome! You know, like yeah. I get why they did that. But it's just, yeah. a, it's just shown the last. My fantasy is the last few minutes of Nemesis, whatever the last Star Trek film, yep. and then go, go from there. 100, 100 years later. Yep. I'm listen, listen. I'm I'm less upset about the hologram, and I'm more upset about the serif subtitle font on the Klingons. <laughs> well, that's your nerds. Shit right, fly. yeah, we all have we all have our battles. That's what it, that's what it comes down to, you know. I'm 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 more concerned about the 20 minutes of Klingons talking to each other in Klingon with serif subtitles because oh my god, that was interminable. It's I've never thought I would yearn to go back to Germany and listen to people talk and I did during that Klingon scene <laughs> or the Klingon sequences. Just so so many oh. teeth. We're getting real negative, but I did I did Oh no no. We're not getting that. This is the best part about Star Trek is debating. I mean, we are very lucky to to be able to even record this show. Now we have two shows that sort of carry on this spirit of Star Trek in similar but different ways that we can look forward to watching. I mean, what a great position yeah. to be in. The Expanse, too. I, I would I would much rather have. I mean, the thing that the, the thing that bothered me about Star Trek Enterprise was that it was so bland it wasn't even worth the, like discussing. And, and and maybe and I didn't watch it. I didn't watch I mean, it all, so it, so I I can't yeah I can't really go into de- detail about that or whatnot, but um but like at least this is this has got us talking and got me you know kind of you know curious and I'm I'm I want to see more so that that's that's the important thing of the the first episode test right it's it is interesting I'm glad and and interested that they're releasing it weekly so they're not doing the big dump so I'm yes. glad that we're able to have these conversations over and over again not just all at once and have that weird Netflix problem agreed. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's, I hope it's a good show. I'm, I'm, I want there to be a good Star Trek show. I always like, I like that there was a movie series happening simultaneous to a series happening. That was yeah. how it worked for most of my life, and I like that. And if this is successful, I hope it's successful. We get and hope it's good. Um, I like Jason Isaacs a lot, so he's be a nice addition to the show. I'm very intrigued. I, I liked what I saw, what limited I saw on that trailer. I, I know nothing about him, but could you imagine being cast as one of those actors? Uh, and in discovery, only to find out that you're only in the first two episodes, and that's it, and it's all other. Well, that was, I mean, that was Michelle. I mean, like she, you know, the, she she got the guest star and credit and all. Like, like so that, that's also a problem too. And watching the credits, seeing that yes. she was, you know, Michelle Yeoh was was guest starring. I'm like, oh, she's not going to survive, you know. Exactly. So, and, and what you guys? My favorite breakout star though has to be Daft Punk Lady. Um, I loved whatever <laughs> that was all about. I, I no feel like I feel like b- between da- between Daft Punk and the alien that we don't like, who who um, uh, yeah, just yeah, a little more neurotic than I think we need or whatnot. I, I feel like they were trying too hard to make it diverse. Well, Robot Head Lady. Was distractingly diverse. Yeah. I mean, well, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't mean diverse in that like Michelle is, is African. Sure. You know, I don't mean diverse in like diversity. I'm saying they're trying to make it too alien or too like, oh ooh, yeah, it's weird in space. See, it's there's like, a it's, yeah. It's like the cantina is actually piloting the spaceship. It doesn't necessarily need to be that crazy. Right. Exactly. Um, it's fun to look at. Um, yeah. it, it is funny that uh, Orville is so much more bright and yes. beautiful. I mean, it's a very bright pilot. Uh, I think they toned it down a little bit in the other episodes. And then again, we're we're stuck in the Star Trek world of dark, dark. How does anybody uh, get any work done when the, their workspace is oh, so dark? How about at the very also, end with the trial? You can even see their faces. How are they supposed to look at their notes? That's true. But also, <laughs> both shows, I feel like the Orville less show than Star Trek Discovery, but both suffer the lens flare-itis. Oh, sure. You know, you know like, 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 like enough with the lens. Like, I get it, J.J. Abrams, but enough with the lens flares. Oh, jeez. No. So I did like it. I did, too. I, I'm hoping to one day love it. But, uh, you know, it's a, new, it's a new show every Sunday to look forward to. So every Sunday on CBS All Access. Which I like Ron already had, so I didn't have to add it um, yep. to my system. I'm happy to pay for the good fight. Yeah. So this I is just, the, this wish is the it bonus. Wasn't I just installed <laughs> two speakers on my ceiling to to a varying degrees of 
ineptitude and consternation, and I would like to use them more. Oh um, well, maybe 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 use a better uh, piece of hardware there. I'm just saying. There's no, no I mean they're great speakers. Just let's just to say. No, that no, I'm not, ceiling, about, I'm not talking uh, about the speakers. I'm talking oh. about the the little box. But that's all. <laughs> it's, is, it, is it five one and on the other boxes? I, I I don't I don't currently don't have five one set up, so I'm not sure if on Chromecast it was working as five one or not. But I would just say like the, you know the Apple TV isn't the most cutting edge TV delivery device. But that's another podcast. That's another have, podcast so. entirely. <laughs> but I'm and I'm happy to 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 show yeah. up. Hey, um, look, we've invented 4K. No, you didn't. Sit, sit back down. Yeah. Sit back down. But uh, <laughs> but what a great what a great uh, compelling beginnings to both shows. Uh, it's going to be interesting watching Star Trek find its groove. Uh, it's been a, a thrill watching Oroville. Uh, set its tone. We're going to get a full season of Star Trek Discovery. It was yep. fully purchased first season, much like The Good Fight, the other high-profile show on CBS. So we're going to get a first season. I don't think they're going to pull the plug on Star Trek too early. Especially with so many eyes on this thing right now. They're sort of committed right? to it being its flagship show on a system they want people to subscribe to. So I think we're going to get that. Orville, I'd say it's 50-50 pick them. That Agreed. whether or not this arrives this season, just because of Fox's track record with expensive genre shows. But but yeah. hey, given given where we are right now, the start of a new TV season for us sci-fi nerds to have two shows to choose from with different tones and yeah. like all built from the same kind of genetic stock, it's not that bad, you know. Like and there and neither one of them are completely laughable and avoid. No, no. Um, no. Yeah, I think I think not that, that we're we're very lucky in that regard. And in fact, yeah. with the new landscape. In which no one really knows anything about how, who's watching what. I, th- I think this is, <laughs> this, unless it's a total abject failure, I think there's a good chance that we'll get Orville sticking around. Uh, yeah, and Seth, Seth MacFarlane's clout helps that, you know, yeah. I think in this case. So, yeah. Yeah. So that is that. Do we want to rate these things? or Ratings. 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 So what is our scale, Connor? What, what is it? Is it 10 or? 1 out of 5. One out of five. five. One being the lowest electro, five being the best electro. What would uh, so one out of five? Connor rating for rating. the Orville. Yeah. For the Orville, I'm going to. Uh, ooh, I haven't even thought about this. I'm going to give the Orville a three and a half. Oh, come on. All right, Mike. <laughs> four. I I give the Orville a four as well. Star Trek Discovery, Connor. Can mm. I can I change my Orville number? Yeah. <laughs> I want to sure. change Orville to four, and I'm going to say Star Trek to three and a half. Oh, okay. Mike. <sighs> oh man, that that you're right about the font. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I'm I'm going to I'm going to give it a I'm I'm going to give it a four, but I'm going to put it in pencil. All right, and, it's it's uh, it's a three five. It, I, I, it's it's a three five. I'm yeah. I'm contemplating making it a three to penalize the font, but I'll be kind and I'll just stick with a three five. So right. And 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 to be fair, we haven't seen Star Trek Discovery yet. That's what I mean. It's hard to rate. Yeah, that's fair. That's why that's why I like Mike's putting in pencil. That's good. Like you know, like a, you know, uh, with an eraser at hand, ready after a couple episodes. So. <laughs> but uh, man, sticking oh, with it, sticking with it, sticking with it. So many continuity. Yeah, we're all sticking with it. But. Yes and yes. Yeah. Yes and mm. yes. Yes and yes. Okay. Mm. All right. So. If you have thoughts on the Orville or Star Trek Discovery, you can go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a post on this show. You can tell us what you thought. And uh, as we do, we'd, we'd like to talk about these genre shows that we're interested in the first episodes of. I think that I don't think there's any. Oh, there's Inhumans later this week. Yeah, the Inhumans this week. pilot, oh. um, which we'll which we'll be talking about, I guess, next week. So you can look forward to that in a week. I totally forgot mm. about that. Mm. I just having to look up my calendar and see the name on it. So until the Inhumans, I'm Connor. <laughs> I'm Ron. Mike. <laughs> Live long and prosper. LLAP. LLAP.